So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. We've been in a series that we call God is the Author of Peace. We've been in this series for a few weeks, and all the other messages are available on our website. They're available on YouTube. They're available on Facebook and Spotify and Apple Podcasts, a number of places. And go back and listen. 1 Corinthians 14, 33, we're not going to take the time to read all the context of this. We've done that. Uh, but it says there, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. He is not the author of confusion, but he is the author of peace. So if something is confusing, that's not God doing it. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here it says, it calls God the God of peace. Now we've read some of these scriptures. We're going to go over them briefly just as we segue into what we have for this morning. But notice it says, He is the God of peace. We read that He is the author of peace. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. May the Lord of peace. Here it says he's the Lord of peace. So he's the author of peace. He's the God of peace. He's the Lord of peace. And it says here, now this is a, a prayer. I mean, you say, now may the, the Lord of peace give you peace always in every way. So God's will, this is in the word of God, is for you to have peace always in every way. That means in all areas. Because you could have peace, this is actually harder to do, but you could have peace in one area and not in another area. You could have peace very much sometimes, but not all the time. So in other words, you could be in peace today and not in peace tomorrow, and you could be in peace just in one area, but in another area, your life's always chaotic. Here it's saying he wants you to have peace always, so all the time, consistently peace, and in all areas. So peace blanket. That's, that's God's will for you. That's God's will for me. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. So we're not talking about just peace, you know, or peace. Just, just some peace that the world gives that, you know, they say peace, but it's not peace because, you know, they're angry the next minute or gives you peace a little bit, but, you know, you wake up the next morning and don't have peace. That's not the what we're talking about. This is the peace of God Jesus said, my peace, do you give, my peace do I give to you, and it's not the way the world gives. This is so important. Because the only real peace you're ever going to find is through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not in the world. Anybody found that out? We talked about this some, a few weeks ago. I'm not going to repeat that whole sermon. But you can't get it in the world. And it doesn't, we're not talking about just sin, like things that are fine in and of themselves, activities, hobbies, people. You can't extract peace from those things. You can't extract joy. You can only find it in the Lord, and then it puts you in a position to actually enjoy this other stuff in, in, its, in its right position and context. 
then you can actually enjoy stuff because you're not looking to it for actual peace. You're just looking to it to enjoy a little bit, but your peace is through God. It's so important, and it's so tempting to look other places. And you have help to look other places. <laughs> Every time you look at the Internet or flip on a TV or, you know, commercials, ads, they're all selling something that really the underlying thing is, hey, we're going to give you something that you need, and it's just going to make your life so much better. Now, it might, but it's not the answer. It might fit a need, might be great, might have a good time. Just don't look at it as the, the, the everlasting or the, the final thing that I found this, now I'm good. It's just, it's, it's a, it wanes so fast. And then people get, if, when, when you go after thing after thing, it just leads to depression because if you think something's going to change your life and it, it looks good for a little while, but then it wears off, and then you go to the next thing, and it looks good for a little while, but then it wears off. You do that enough times, pretty soon you can lose hope. You just think it's all the same. There is nothing that's going to change. That's called being hopeless. But with God, when we realize that the reason none of that works is because it's not supposed to be the source, that only God can bring that lasting peace and that lasting joy and that satisfaction now yeah, I can go buy that product and I use it here, but I'm not looking to it to, to be the end-all be-all. And that means you can be in a good place. Let's look at Philippians 4, verse 10. goes right with what we're saying there, you know, uh, this kind of introduction. But Philippians 4, verse 10 says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, now that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did not did care, but you lacked opportunity. Verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Does that sound like being peaceful? No. You know, in, in light, light of everything we've talked about in here and talk about, uh, you know, these verses that we've read, when you're at peace, let's just read, uh, we'll come back to the verse, but let's just read a little bit of the definition of peace just in, in this context. It means a state of tranquility or quiet, freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions, harmony in personal relations, and also uh, another meaning is a state or period of mutual concord between governments. It means a state of rest, quietness, calmness, absence of strife, tranquility, it, it, it generally denotes a pers- uh, perfect well-being. It includes harmonious relationships between God and men, men and men, nations and families. So let's read verse 11 here again, Philippians 4, verse 11. It says, Not that I re- speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Well, if you're content, you're not in chaos. If you're content, you could see how that would go along with being peaceful. Verse 12, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's actually the context, this verse. Verse 13, we quote that all the time. Not saying it's wrong. I mean, that is in how many, you know, uh, little things you put on your mantle or little signs or Instagram posts or text, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The context that it's actually in is talking about that no matter what I have and what state I find myself, I'm going to be content. 
Well, if you're content, you can say, you know, there also is, if you're content, you're not going to be out of peace. Peace, you're going to be peaceful in the state you are. And I want to bring that out this morning, is, is that, th- that it's not where you're at that determines your peace. We talked about that some last week. But when, when um, you're walking in the plan of God, you're going to be tempted to get out of peace because of the circumstances. And there can be a pressure for you to do something that's not peaceful. In other words, get to the next stage, move on, and... That pressure is never God. In other words, stuff, things that are out of peace, that's not God pushing you. Because we read initially, God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. Paul is saying here, in whatever state I am, I will be content. So that means you may be in a state where it's in between point A and point B and going to where, where you're on your way to something. But there's a point in the middle where... You still need to be content. And the the thing with life is, it's really going between two points the whole time. You know, somebody said it like this. It's not, life is not a destination, it's a journey. And you're always in between something. Number one, you're between the beginning of your life and the end of life. We know that. But you know, there is no end. Like, it's fluid. Of course, when you, when you, when you die, we'd say, you're, that's not an end for a Christian. That's just a transition. You're just going to be in the presence of God. But I'm talking about when we're walking out life on here, it's tempting to think, you know, I got to get to this next thing and then I'll be at peace. Or, I, you know, we got to really go after it right now and then we'll be at peace. The problem with that is when you're going through that, that's actually your life too. Like somebody said, you rest as you go. So many times it's tempting to be like, when this is all done, then I'll be at rest. Then I'll be at peace. Then I'll be content. The thing is, you just, depending on how long that window is, could be, you know, real good example is uh, when you're a college student and you got finals coming up. I will rest after finals, Right? I'm going to study now, and uh, I'll sleep afterwards. The thing, okay, I get it. I mean, I crammed at times. I'm not going to lie to you. It was always my goal to try to smooth that out so that I was, you know, just chugging along during the semester. So, yeah, you have some extra studying, but you're not like, you're not, it's not completely upending your life, right? And, but then I'll, I'll rest after. The, the problem is, I mean, have you ever had it where you thought when I get to this, then it's going to be all, all calm, and then when you got there, all of a sudden there was something else, and now the rest you thought you were going to get, you didn't get, and now you're completely underwater. Has anybody besides me, has that ever happened to you? It happens to everybody, if you're not careful. Well, it's tempting. And the problem is you go from thing to thing to thing to thing in your life, and if you are looking toward... Um, well, there's, there's pressure, but that's okay. There's all this stuff going on, but that's okay because maybe God just wants us to do this. God wants you to have peace always and in every way. And sometimes it'll come, something comes in, it'll look like, well, yeah, but if you just do it now, I mean, and it, can, it can be like, well, you're doing it for God. Just go all out and just do it. And, you know, you may put this aside and this aside and this aside and this aside, but you're doing it for God. Just look at it. 
It, like Paul's saying, in every, every state, I'm content. When does God all of a sudden go into the mo? I mean, Paul went through a lot of stuff. We talked about that last week. When do we get to the place where all of a sudden, okay, God just didn't see something coming, so now it's just go time, and you just have to put all normalcy aside and just go because, you know, we just got to get it done. That does not seem like content, peace, calm, chugging on. That kind of seems like now we're starting to do stuff ourselves. And those seasons can come to anybody, but there's never a season where you're going to get to where everything is just over. I mean, yeah, you're going to leave this life. You're, you know, you're going to be walking in a different realm, but we're talking about this life. We need to know that there are, sometimes there's pressure that comes in life and it's tempting to get out of peace because we think we have to do something But when you do that, you're actually setting into motion other things that then can cause you to experience things you didn't foresee in the future. So pressure is, God's never pressuring you just to get it all done now. That's not, think about it, he knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. When's the season where he said, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no way, you just, yeah, you Forget peace, forget content, you just got to go all out now. When is that? From his perspective, I mean, think about Jesus. Jesus had people pulling on him all the time. Did he? How does he decide what to do and not to do? He's got to be led. Because there are people that needed stuff all around him all the time. Was he driven? No. Jesus would just walk right into a situation and just take care of this and this and then walk out. He, he was not... Can you see Jesus just freaked out? Well, who are we following? What? God is the God of freaking out. No, it's that we read God is the God of peace, the Lord of peace, the author of peace. He's not the author of confusion. And sometimes there is that, it's subtle, but it tries to come along the, the time, well, there's this opportunity, we need to do this now, as if it's, well, it's God, so drop everything because it's now. Could have an opportunity, but didn't God know that was coming before it came? Did, did he not know? So when is that time? So, some, so pressure will come. But it will come, and you're tempted to drop peace and, look and not be content because we're just in this season. Be leery of that. Because it's not, God is not authoring turmoil or upheaval or things that just drop everything because you know what the tempting temptation is you think you're just dropping it for a season but it can come become a habit real easy and it's hard to get back now paul here is saying verse 11 not that i speak in regard to need he goes for i have learned in whatever state i am to be content in the niv it says i am not saying this because i am in need For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. 
In the Amplified, it says, Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy regardless of my circumstances. Let's read that one again. Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content. I've learned to walk with God. I've learned to be smooth, everything's smoothing out, and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy regardless of, any, of my circumstances. So there's no circumstance that starts getting uneasy. There's no pressure that starts pushing you to be uneasy. Now, this is tempting when you are, like we said, you're always in between two points, but if you're walking out the plan of God for your life, there will be times when you feel, you can feel pressure to do something to make things go faster, to get to that next season or whatever, next thing. And how does that fit with what we're talking about in general about peace there will never be a time when, when God is bringing something to you that will start causing you to be uneasy or disturbed because you need to get something done for God. It's contrary. No, the devil, there, there's an enemy, and he's subtle, and he, he, he's not beyond. He used scripture in the Bible. He quoted scripture to Jesus. It's not beyond him to bring something to you that sounds godly. Well, you're doing it for God. You better get on this because this isn't happening and get you out of peace on the way to the next step to try to get you to do it instead of looking to God to do it and staying at peace even if the circumstances are, are not lined up. You're still, you walk in peace. See, it's tempting to let pressure start driving you instead of looking to God and to be at peace even through the different steps of His plan for you. God never gets in a hurry. I'm going to say that again. God never gets in a hurry. Ask, ask yourself the question, why would He need to get in a hurry? Doesn't He know Everything that's going to happen for all time and in your life, if, 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 if you have the thought that, no, no, we need to get this done now because there's just so much time, if it, couldn't God have shown you early? Well, this is an opportunity. Shouldn't he, couldn't he have told you early enough so that you could still be at peace and, at cal and calm and not feel pressure walking through it? He doesn't ever get in a hurry. If people... People see people getting worn out in serving God. God doesn't wear people out. Why does he need to wear you out? Think about it. You're not the Savior. Do we know? We laugh. Do we know that? Oh, of course I'm not. But what are we, what are we acting like? Because, you know, what you believe is what you do. Not what you say. Not what I say. Anybody, anybody, right? Oh, yeah, I believe that. But we go, right? And, well, if this doesn't get... I'm, if, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. Does it need to be done? Yeah, but it's for God. So is God wearing you out? 
Is God putting pressure on you to get it done? We need to ask ourselves because our original verse, God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. So if we'll just look at this and just apply it, we're looking at it in different facets of our life, trying to bring it practical. Because if you start feeling pressure and driven, it should be a red flag that, wait a minute, what am I doing? Because there is an enemy and he will absolutely drive you. He will absolutely try to get you out of peace. He'll absolutely try to get you to move too fast. He'll absolutely try to get you to put everything aside, you know, for an indefinite period of time. He'll try to get you to make a purchase too fast. But it's a deal. That's called a sale. I mean, that's a sales technique. But the enemy's subtle. But you know, well, we can sidestep a lot of his stuff. If we just come back to what the Word says and just realize, no, no, if it, if it looks just starting to get real jittery and pressure-filled, that's not God. God is not doing that. Well, yeah, but it's the plan. I mean, we need to get it done because it's for God. God doesn't talk that way. In the middle of everything, Jesus... And think about it. If there ever was somebody that had a lot going on, Jesus on the earth, was walking, people pulling on him everywhere. Yet he walked through it in complete peace. And he is the Savior. Colossians uh, 3, verse 15 says, we read this a, a few weeks ago, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts which also you were called in one body and be thankful. In the Amplified Classic, it says, let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule or act as an umpire continually in your hearts deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds and that peace, in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's body you were also called to live. Be thankful and appreciative, giving praise to God always. But notice the first part, let the peace of God, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule or act as umpire continually. In other words, peace is supposed to act as the umpire to what you're doing, not other stuff, not a drive. We all know what act as an umpire means. I mean, baseball has fallen off as a pastime, so I don't know. Does anybody? Of course, this could mean multiple areas, but I always think, I played baseball growing up, the umpire, the guy standing behind the plate, is the one calling the balls and the strikes. So the pitch comes in, he's saying, you know, if the guy doesn't hit it, that's a ball or that's a strike. What's he saying? It's either in the strike zone of the batter or it's outside. Here, it's saying peace is that umpire. So what is it saying? Peace is determining whether something is what you're supposed to do, whether it's the track you're on or not. If there's no peace, then it's not God. And if we start yielding to something that's not peace, we are opening up ourselves actually to be driven away from God's plan. Do you know it can, sound, it can sound like you're actually doing something for God, the drive and the push, but actually it's pushing you away from God's perfect plan because you're paying something that you don't want to pay for it. 
Number one, your peace. <laughs> you're, you're out of peace. If we're out of peace, it ought to be a red flag that something's wrong. Don't sacrifice it. If you feel uneasy about something, and that's a, a whole other thing, but if you feel uneasy about a decision, but you feel pushed to make a decision by a timeline, back away until you feel peace. Paul said, in every state that I am, whatever state I am, regardless of the circumstance, I've learned to be content. In other words, stuff's not going right, I'm still content. See, he's not sacrificing that. He learned to be content anyway. Well, you're unassailable at that point. Why? You're going to be able to hear God. You're going to be able to hear what the Lord is saying to you. Look at uh, Luke eight fourteen. A couple verses here. We're not going to get into all the... This is the parable of the sower. But in the middle of it, notice it's talking about certain... Uh, it's talking about the ground. The parable of the sower is talking about a sower... Uh, sowing seed on different types of ground. And one of the, the, the types of ground was him sowing, the sower sowing seed onto ground that was choked with thorns and thistles. And in Jesus explaining what that was, he says this, verse 14, Luke eight fourteen says, Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they had heard, they go out and are choked with cares. Notice, choked. Something choked it off. With cares, riches, and pleasures of life, bringing no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So the cares of this world, the pressures can choke out being fruitful, being the, the bearing fruit. But the ones that actually bear fruit are the ones that have that receive it with a good and noble heart. They keep it and they bear fruit with patience. That means over time. That means you're not driven. That means you stay in it. Bearing fruit in the long haul, not in the short. In Mark four nineteen, another uh, account or another um, yeah account of the same. Happening, it said, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. There are, the, there are these other pressures and things that try to come in and choke what God is doing. Going to happen. How, once one way we know if it's something that's trying to get us off. Your peace meter. Does it bring peace? Is it getting you out of peace? Let's look at an example. Luke uh, 10, 38. This is, um, might be familiar to some people, but these examples are in the Word for a reason, so we go and look at these. Luke 10, 38 talking about Mary and Martha, it says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, 
who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Verse 41, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, are you worried and troubled? Or you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. Now go back to verse 39. So Jesus is going into the house of Mary and Martha, or her, Martha's house. Verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet hearing his word. So, so Mary at this point is hearing the word of God, just sitting there listening. And Martha is getting everything prepared. Why is she getting everything prepared? Because Jesus is there and she feels like she needs to get everything prepared. So you can say that looks like a good purpose. Right? Jesus is here. We got to get something to eat. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. So she's distracted. Think about it. Jesus is there teaching. She's getting everything prepared with the meal, but it says she was distracted. Jesus is speaking. Jesus is speaking. Mary is listening to Jesus. And at this time, evidently, Martha was doing the wrong thing. Because it says, Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone or to serve alone therefore tell her to help me so mary or martha is concerned that mary's not helping her so she is upset sometimes we think well if jesus were with me or if it were different then i wouldn't be upset martha is literally in the same house with jesus it doesn't have anything to do with the proximity of jesus Martha is upset because of the way she's looking at the situation and th she thinks something has to be done. She th and it's a legit thing, right? I mean, she's making food for Jesus in her house, but she is upset. That is the problem. Why? She's upset about it. That means she's out of peace about it. That should be an indication. She is too distracted and too upset. Why, if, if she were thinking right, she would come back and go, why is this happening? Maybe I should be doing something. That's not what she did. She went to Jesus and talked to him and tried to get Mary now to help her. And this will happen. If you're out of peace, you will try to push on other people to do the same thing. Because if you're, if, we got to get it done. Why are you sitting around? Let's get it done. It's for God. We start getting like that, should be a red flag. Every person in here has done it. There's pressure. We got to get this done. Real tempting to start snapping at the people that you work with or that you, that you live with or whatever. And in the name of Jesus, we're doing this for Jesus. Come on, people. What is that? Will we, will we hear ourselves or we think it? Maybe we didn't quite let it out of our mouth. What are we thinking? What are we doing? We, we, went, off the, we went off the track. You, me, anybody else. We, we're not content anymore. We're like, no, okay, fine. I know about peace. I know about being content, but now I'm mad. 
I, I need to get this done. You wouldn't say it like that. But you're feeling pressure. And so now she's pushing on Martha. I know a lot of us have heard this, um, this example. Let's not let it be too simple in this situation and look at what we're doing in our life and, and look that this is a flag. If this happens, we should, we should immediately go, wait a minute, what's going on? What, why am I upset? Am I looking at the wrong thing? Does this need to be do, happen? Does this need to happen now? Is that really what needs to happen? Maybe there's another plan. Maybe I went off here starting to interpret something that I need to do this when actually this is the right path. This is bringing stress. This would actually bring pre- peace. So if I'm feeling that, no matter what's going on, because we, we, sometimes we say, yeah, of course, I'm under pressure because this, that's not the issue. We may be under external pressure, but we're feeling internal pressure. Those are two different things. So we've, we're not content. We've lost our peace. And so... If we're in that state, we're easily, we can easily be pushed around. The enemy can just swat us around, and we can get in the wrong place. And so we need to look and go, wait a minute, no, no. We talked about peace being an umpire. Wait a minute, there's something wrong here. Sometimes you just need to get quiet, even if it's for five minutes. You say that, I can't do it. You can do it. I remember there's this project I was doing, and I was putting in this pantry, and there was... I got to this point where I didn't, I, I, there was, stuff wasn't quite moving right. And the, you ever been in a project, the more you get into it, the more you're like, it's not, I, I don't know. I was just in a mode where I had been working and I was trying to get it done and it was just getting stressful. And I said, wait a minute, God knows how to fix this. Because yes, there are natural abilities with everything. And yeah, we're not saying it has to be a supernatural ability to mow your lawn or whatever. And if somebody did this every day, they'd be able to be like, Jim, do, do, do. But I don't. This is the, you know, that's the problem with doing do-it-yourself things is it's usually the first and last time you do it. (laughs) So you make all the mistakes that the guy that does it professionally already did that long time ago and he's got a system down, right? Yeah, so I'm not saying you need a supernatural anything to get it done. Somebody else could have done it a lot faster, but I'm like, I'm not seeing this. And I, but I was getting stressed and I, I, at that point, I just stopped and said, I'm just getting quiet. And I've just because there was other stuff going on that was causing it. It wasn't just like, you know, there was nothing else going on, which is usually the case, right? I was doing stuff that I had to get done. And I just got quiet just for a few seconds, just said, I'm, I know better than this. I'm just going to get quiet. How do I go forward on this? And it wasn't, it was just a few seconds. And it was like an idea popped into my head. You could do this. And I did that and it worked. And it was fine. And I was back to being peaceful again. That's the way it is so many times. See, if, if we're getting to that place, we can just get quiet and be like, wait a minute. Yeah, there may be stress out here, but I need to be quiet on the inside. What, do I, what actually needs to happen? Because there is a path that God will show me. He's not out of peace. He's looking going, he saw this coming. He knows where to, how to fix it. And we're running around like this. You get quiet, get back into peace. Martha goes to Jesus and she's trying to get Mary to help her and be like, hey, we got to get this done. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part will not be taken away from her. So in this case, Martha, you're wrong. You're thinking wrong. 
you're doing the wrong thing. You ought to be doing what Mary's doing in this time. It's not a doctrine rule for everything. You always sit and never do it. No. This time, Martha, there was another way. You're getting stressed out because you're doing the wrong thing. Can I say this? It's always that way. There is always a path where either you're supposed to be doing something else or you're supposed to be looking at it different. But if we have, if we're stirred up and we're feeling pressure and driven, it is never yield to the drive and just get it done. It always should be stop. Am I going the right way? Don't double down and start going faster because you're not sure. You're either not supposed to be going that way or you're looking at it wrong, which is causing the stress. You're thinking you're not going to get it done and you can't think clearly anyway like that. And it goes for individual short events, but it also goes for our life and what we're doing long term. If you start getting stressed about where you're going and what you're doing, we ought to stop and go, wait a minute, I'm either doing the wrong thing or I'm looking at it wrong because God does not want me to go through life stress on his plan for my life. That's just not the case. Paul said, I'm content in every, no, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, I'm content. That's the pattern. We ought to walk. Peace ought to be the umpire. We ought to walk in peace. And if something starts to push us out, we ought to say, ah, no, I'm not a sucker. I'm not going that way. All right, Lord, am I looking at this wrong or we got a different plan? Because I'm going to stay hooked up with that peace. I'm not going to, you're not confusing the situation. You are not amping this thing up and I'm not going to let it happen. And we're going to stay for the long haul on the right track. Lord, I want to serve you and we're going to get there but I'm not going to be amped up while we're doing it. So Lord, help me and show me and we'll get there.